You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The opinions expressed on this WebmasterRadio.fm program are those of the host, guests, and callers, and do not reflect those of the staff, management, or advertisers of WebmasterRadio.fm. Any rebroadcast or retransmission of this program without the express written consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited. Welcome to Webcology. Webcology is the show that takes you into the deepest and darkest ends of the ecosystem on the internet. Our guides will take you on a journey into web marketing and bring you the experts and the information so that you can further explore the web marketing world. Now, here are the hosts of Webcology, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. Hey everyone, welcome to Webcology here on webmasterradio.fm. It is Thursday, February the 3rd. It's 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time, uh, top of the hour if you're listening on a podcast. Well, actually, it could be any bloody time if you're listening on a podcast. How the hell do we know? But welcome to Webcology. I'm joined by Dave Davies from Beanstalk Inc. And this is Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media. Dave, how you doing this overcast Friday, uh, Thursday morning? You know, I... I... When I wake up in the morning and I see that drizzle and, and gray, there's that, that first instinct in me to go, oh, this, this kind of sucks. You know, it's, it's not the kind of day that I want to wake up to. And then I think to myself, hey, you just came back from Toronto. I used to live in Ottawa. And I have tons of friends across the rest of Canada. And they got, when they're thinking 15, they're thinking centimeters of snow on the ground, not <laughs> degrees Celsius outside. So, you know, I, I, misery in other people somehow makes me feel good about myself in this instance. And I go, yeah, I could be them. <laughs> you know what, brother? It's not just Canada. It is, um, I'd say, about two-thirds of the United States is buried under under black right now. Uh, all of eastern Canada is uh, anywhere east of the mountains, buried under black right now. Chicago got slammed last night, humbled by a snowstorm. Um, yeah, it's not, it's, 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 it's not just in Canada anymore. Pity. No, and, and so that little uh, gray that we've got going on, the light drizzle, I'll, I'll take it. You know, I've also got cherry blossoms coming in on the trees. <laughs> so. I, was, I, was, I was walking up the street. I'm, I'm in Victoria. This is my first week back in Victoria in like about two, almost two years. And I'm walking up the street last night looking at uh, blossoms coming out on the trees. Little buds coming out on the... Wow! 
I was in Calgary last week where it's not so warm. And I was in Ottawa the week before where it's like really not so warm. And so, yeah, we're blessed to live here. And I'm actually, I'm actually only eight blocks away from you this time as opposed to like, you know, four or five time zones. Yeah, I know. It's crazy. Crazy. And pleasure to see you last week. But I don't know that this is what um, our listeners have joined us to hear. You and I, we can go grab a coffee now that you're back in, uh, in this fair city. Um, but our listeners, they're probably uh, wondering what the, what the heck's going on. Uh, and, and can we provide some, some maybe insight into a few issues today? That's, that's just well, my let's, guess. Let's start with um, the smaller, more local stuff first and then move into you know, more global uh, or more continental than global stuff. What, I, what I've got on, the, uh, on my agenda today, and something I'm just blown away to see, um, the Conservative government in Canada, Stephen Harper's government, has uh, decided to intervene in a decision that would have put, placed user-based charges or usage-based charges on Internet billings. Mm-hmm. The... Uh, up in Canada, we have, much like the FCC in the States, we have a, a commission called the Canadian Radio and Telecommunications Commission, the CRTC. And the CRTC has um, the power to allow or disallow billing practices um, in and around the telecommunications industry. So if, um, say, the, the, the major trunk provider, the, the company that owns most of the fiber... Bell Canada wants to raise rates, data rates on that fiber. Before doing that, it has to uh, apply to the CRTC because this will affect um, tens of millions of Canadian consumers. Earlier this year, the Canadian Radio and Telecommunications Commission gave Bell Canada the right to charge usage-based data fees on your standard internet. That means somebody who is say, using the internet to send emails and look at pictures of cats probably wouldn't affect them. They're not really using that much data. But somebody who's using the internet as a device like I am right now, um, I'm, I'm doing this radio show over Skype, that eats a lot of bandwidth. Um, I also watch television online. I, I, I don't have a cable connection coming into my apartment. I use the internet to watch, to watch television when I wish to. Um, I produce videos for clients. So I'm using a lot of bandwidth. I'm not like a BitTorrent freak, but I'm using a lot of bandwidth. I would have had to pay substantially more under the new rules, as would anybody who is a high-bandwidth user than the person who's just using the Internet um, to send emails or look at pictures of cats. I'm a Canadian business. I, again, use higher data, uh, higher amounts of bandwidth and data than, than most users. Um, but I'm still paying a very pretty penny for my internet connection. If Bell Canada was allowed to raise the rates to usage-based ratings uh, or charging on its trunk line, all the people, all the smaller ISPs who are leasing space from Bell Canada would have had to pass those charges onto their, onto their users, their consumers. That would have made Canada's internet rates go through the roof. Now, this mightn't be of interest to American listeners until you understand that all the American ISPs were looking north to see what the experience would be, would be up here 
for in, or trying to introduce similar charges in the states and around the world. Well, the Canadian government stepped in. The, the Conservative government in Ottawa, um, Prime Minister Stephen Harper, and has told the CRTC to reverse its decision or the government will do it for them. So Canadians, that means, well, that means status quo. You're going to be paying what you were paying last month, next month. You won't have to pay through the nose if you're a power user. I think this is a major victory for consumers. But Dave, given that you and I tend to take opposite stances on this, I'm, I'm curious about your, your take on this. Um. Your average consumer, I think you hit the nail on the head here. Your average consumer, my grandma, my dad, they email, they might view, you know, watch YouTube and stuff like that, but they're, you know, fairly average, low bandwidth um, users. I don't think they're going to be affected. I mean, heck, my grandma has like the, you know, what is it, Shaw Lite, right? Like it's like five times faster than a modem, right? I mean, it's that kind of user. Um, so I don't think users like that are going to be affected. Now, one thing I do or, or would have liked had we gone to a um, pay-for type model, which I know you're, you're cringing right now going, oh, God, what's he about to say? Because whatever it is, it's going to be horrible, and I'm going to prepare for an argument. Um, but I think we can agree here. Right now, um, the Canadian ISPs have the right to, to throttle specific types like torrents, where they, they actually can legally, as long as it's included in the contract somewhere, that they you know have this right to throttle specific types of traffic, they can. And you know that if they went to a pay-for model, they would, they would just sort of whatever, gobble all you can kind of thing. So I think in a weird way, some consumers, your, your, your BitTorrent freaks, as you call them, <laughs> um, will end up uh, getting an inferior product, and, and, and we can get into net neutrality and how this can also cascade in other areas, but they will actually get an inferior product and not have that ability to go, you know what, I'm willing to pay for this because, frig, they're going to ding me 30 cents for a, for a gigabyte of, of data. Well, heck, that's cheaper than renting this movie right, and, and, well, and downloading it off, uh, off a BitTorrent. So if you are one of those types of users, you actually may find yourself in an inferior spot with no way out of it because you're going to be throttled regardless of what you try, try and do. Um, so in some ways, it actually would have opened the door uh, for, for a more free usage of, of the Internet, uh, albeit predominantly the illegal usage of the Internet. But nonetheless, as a consumer, I would have had that right. What I imagine we would have seen is packages set up with you know specific... Um, allotments of bandwidth, as as we normally would, and then charging for overage, a lot like, and I'm sure you remember it, the, the earlier days, and I'm, you can still find them occasionally, but the earlier days of, of hosting where it was, you know, you have two gigs of, of you know, uh, bandwidth, and then you're charged at whatever, $3 per, per gig over that or, or whatnot. Um, I think we would have seen a, a system uh, arise a lot more like that. Would I have preferred it? Probably. Um, I, I personally probably would have liked it. I understand why um, you would view that as a um, as a victory for, for net neutrality, and in fact it is. Um, it is a, a Canada-wide victory for net neutrality uh, sanctioned by the government. Um, I don't feel that I personally am going to benefit from this. I would have liked the free sort of Wild West um, attitude that would have been, if I want more, I'll have more and I'll pay for it. Um, if I don't, if I don't want to get dinged for overage, well, I've got to watch what I'm doing. And I imagine we would have seen packages come up for people like you. 
um, that would, you know, I'm a heavy Skype user. Okay, well, here's a package that includes Skype, and we know when you're going on these ports and blah, 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 and, and so your bandwidth is higher, and you won't, you know, be charged on these specific ports, right? Unlimited through specific segments of your Internet experience. Um, I, I imagine we would have seen that arise fairly quickly. We'll never know, because the government, as governments do, felt them step in and, uh, and, and sort of meddle in things, and I think we would have been better off um, had they just left it well enough alone and, and, and left the economy to go. Now, one argument you could make, and I think this is fair, and it doesn't exist quite the same in the United States, um, is that he, we do pretty much have a monopoly, uh, like a monopolistic situation where Bell could basically walk in and go, you're all screwed, we're doing what we want. That doesn't exist to that same degree in the States. So my mentality, I think, does work a little better there. You may have seen uh, more uh, aggressive and, and, and maybe non-beneficial uh, attitudes and, and, and policies taken in by Bell. Had they had that opportunity, we'll never know. But I don't think, if, if the Americans are going to model after our experience, I don't think it's a direct lateral because they do have a different competitive situation going on. There's definitely some 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 very, very, you know, fewer players than maybe there should be, um, but there's definitely more than there is up here. So, um, yeah, there's there's sort of my take on the entire on the entire thing. Well, okay, there you go. So, anyway, the bottom line: Canadian consumers, you're not getting it. You're not being put over a barrel um, in the next couple of months. I'm sure that um, Bell Canada will try to come out with a new type of billing scheme. Um, maybe it'll be fair. Maybe it won't. The uh, the usage-based fees were seen by majority of Canadian businesses and consumers as remarkably unfair. Um, and uh, we should move on. But before we do, <laughs> the one thing, and Dave, I, I hope you can understand why this scares me so much. It's not as much about the, about the charging. It's about how they have to do it. As, and it's the same, the same fear I have around throttling. How do they know who you are? How do they know which signals belong to you? You know, valid point. Valid point. And I mean, if you know, there I would love to edit. It's one of those cases where, and I think everybody's in that spot where they can go, well, I wish I just made the rules because the path forward seems so, so straightforward. Like, wouldn't it be great if I was dictator because I'd be benevolent and heck, we'd have some great laws passed, right? Um, I, I, you know, I think we all have that tendency where I would love to see a system up. where it's like your email can't be monitored your, you know, or, 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 or regulated, and you have unlimited use of your email. Not, not violating spam. We're talking normal email use. You know, I have unli- you know, unrestricted access to going and, and surfing the web and stuff like that. But, yeah, I, I think it would be great if, if I, as a consumer, and the telcos as, as telcos could come up with different ways of dealing with things like torrents, with things like, um, you know, streaming video, with things that, you know, if, if we could go, yes, okay, you as a consumer have your rights to these things, but the telcos are not talking about those. They're talking about BitTorrent freaks. They're talking about, you know, these people here. Now, right now, they can throttle them. Wouldn't it be great for me as a consumer if I could go in and go, here's an extra 100 For goodness sake, stop throttling me. <laughs> Just let me do what I need to do. Um, you know, it, it'd be great if we could divide it up that way. That's not the environment we live in. So um, hopefully, uh, hopefully that'll change. Interesting punch-up started happening uh, amongst uh, Google and Bing the other day. A, uh, a, a rather funny dust-up in the in the media, um, and now that seems to have extended from 
YouTube to Amazon. And that was, well, I don't know if any of us really know the right story here. But about uh, four days ago, I think on Monday, Danny Sullivan over at Search Engine Land uh, broke a story about a sting operation Google had set up to catch Bing allowing Google search results to play a part in the way Bing calculated its own search results. So as I understand it, Bing was polling Google toolbar numbers using a a Google API and allowing or and using the information that they, they got from the Google toolbar API they were using to influence the way their search engine produced results. So Google says that they set up a sting and they catch Bing red-handed doing this. Bing, in turn, says, no, you didn't. And even if you did, <laughs> I love that, no, you didn't, but even if you did, uh, we're just using publicly available user data to, you know, formulate the best possible search results we can give the consumer. So Google tries to make a big deal out of it, doesn't seem to go anywhere. Bing shoots back going, yeah, but you do it too. Google says, no, we don't. And as it turns out, um, being reported today over at Web Pro News by uh, the writer Chris Crum, Google reportedly recycles Amazon algorithm for YouTube results. So, yeah, um, who's pointing at who is pointing at whom? Um, it's, why can't these people just, like, get together and say, okay, yeah, so we all look at it. I mean, seriously, this is so stupid. Yeah, I don't even know what to say about this. Is anybody surprised? No. Um, you know, what are the legal ramifications? That's, of course, a question that we do have to ask because how much of this is actual, um, like, rights of, like, can I just steal Google's algorithm if I want? <laughs> or, or, or show their results but pretend they're mine sort of thing without without giving that proper credit. Yeah, I understand that there may be some, some legal ramifications there. But they but weren't doing that. that they were is, just using data to influence their own rankings. They weren't actually well, replicating Google's, Google's, Google's placements. That's it. And, I mean, that, well, and that's really the call here, right, is, is that they're not doing that. And, yeah, there are signals when, when I'm monitoring what people click on in Google – and see, hey, when they click through to this, they stick around, just like Google would be doing with their own results. Well, there we are. Um, and you can't tell me, in all honesty, I mean, I haven't seen such a, such a thorough thing, but you can't tell me Google's not kind of doing the same thing with just general traffic patterns. Is Google really, with their toolbars and stuff, really only monitoring when a person is at Google and what they click on and then what they do from there, or are they monitoring generalized traffic across the web, right? I mean, of course they are. They'd be... They'd be stupid not to, and they're not stupid. That's why they're huge. So well, they're doing the same fact, thing. We know they the are. Yeah. We know that well, they're monitored. Once you sign into Gmail or Google Analytics, we know that everything you do is monitored. Thereafter, you get you you can clear your cookies every session. And the moment you log into a Google loyalty product like Analytics or Gmail or what have you, you get the you know twenty thirty five universal cookie that tracks. 
Why don't we take a, a quick commercial break, yeah. get this sorted out, so that uh, our listeners can can be can be entertained by the wonderful commercials that, that come on on uh, on Webmaster Radio, um, and we'll come back and uh, Jim's voice will be correct, and we can continue right on. Sit tight and don't move. Webcology. We'll be back after this short break. Do you look at the task of ranking your site at the top of the search engines like you would climbing the top of Mount Everest? It doesn't have to be. TopSEOs.com knows how hard that climb can be, and they can make top ranking a reality. Top SEOs send you to only the right search vendors and agencies that they know will work for you. Since 2002, TopSEOs.com has reviewed and researched the best search engine marketing agencies and solutions providers. Don't risk the cost of falling off the proverbial peak of search rankings. Let Top SEOs give you peace of mind. TopSEOs.com, the independent authority on search vendors. It's time again to make your plans to be at SES New York 2011. SES New York 2011 makes its way to the New York Hilton March 21st to the 25th. SES New York 2011 will feature over 70 sessions, over 100 exhibitors, and networking opportunities with thousands of marketing and search engine optimization professionals. SES New York 2011 will start with a high-profile opening keynote from Yahoo's principal research scientist, Duncan Watts. Thursday, March 25th is the Online Marketing Summit's All Things Digital Best Practice Day, which features a full day of premium breakout sessions. Don't delay. Come to SES New York 2011, March 21st to the 25th, inside the New York Hilton. Register right now at searchenginestrategies.com and get 20% off your registration when you use promo code WMR20. Register right now at searchenginestrategies.com and use promo code WMR20. Your mission, initiate internet marketing measures. Your arsenal, the weapons of mass marketing. Learn how to accomplish your internet marketing initiative with the do-it-yourself tools and directives from the commanding leaders of cyberspace. Weapons of mass marketing. Presented by Raventools.com. Tuesdays at 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific, or on demand anytime inside the Internet Marketing Channel, only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Commercials off. Now back to Webcology, only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Here are the hosts, Jim Hedger and Dave Deeds. Well, big thanks to all of our listeners for sticking with us through that uh, extended uh, commercial break. We've got all of our technical issues dealt with. This is Dave Davies from Beanstalk SEO here with Jim Hedger. Uh, Jim, how's it going, my friend? Can we can we hear you properly now? I don't know. Am I back or not? I hate we, when that happens. We hear you just fine. Um, so thanks to everybody again, and uh, well... Now we've done all of our uh, all of our commercials. Let's delve right in here. Something I'm sure uh, everybody is is wondering about, or or at least everybody who you know pays attention to what's going on at Google. Let's call that our, our entire listening base. Um, we've got an update underway. I of course want to get to uh, get to discussing that. Um, for anybody who is is not aware, um, because there are some sites where if you're just you know a, a webmaster optimizing your own site, you may not notice this as harshly if you are one of the people who's less affected. 
Um, you may just view this as, hey, you know, my site moved a couple positions in one direction or another. Hey, this morning it went back to where it was, whatever. Um, the update that, that's here, um, as an SEO who's monitoring, you know, hundreds of sites and not, not just one or two, um, is a very uh, significant one. Um, there are some debates as to what it is meant to cover. Um, one thing is really, really clear. Um, well, two things are, are really, really clear and, and have been made more clear um, as of some, some corrective portions of this update as of this morning. Uh, one is, and this comes straight out of Google, uh, is that this update is meant to combat uh, web spam. This we know. Uh, a lot of that has to do with content. This we know. And, and these are things that we don't know like, gee, this is Dave's opinion as an SEO. This is, we know it because Google told us and then we can also see that um, through some of the effects of it. Uh, and point three, and, and here's the, the distressing portion of the entire thing and why uh, we're going to see continued chaos probably for at least the next uh, next few days, if not week or so, um, is that the, there is disproportionate collateral damage, i.e. there are sites being significantly affected in both directions, sites being completely dropped multiple pages, sites launching up multiple pages that shouldn't. Um, there's significant collateral damage. So this update, now you, got, you know the folks at Google um, are, are well aware of this, um, needs to be fixed. So the pendulum will continue to swing. Um, for those who've been kind of watching it and monitoring a few sites, You'll all have seen you know, a few days ago uh, you know, significant, dramatic changes as of this morning um, on multiple data centers and, and multiple